Welcome to the Media Nerds Podcast. I'm Dan Vadabacher. And I'm Kenton Larson. How was Obama, Kenton? Uh, I saw Obama. You did? And uh, I, I, well, I didn't see him. For the second time in my life, That's I was right. in the same room with Barack Obama. And wh- by the way, whenever I say Barack Obama, I think of Chris Rock. He's got a joke. Uh, he does. He's got a stand-up special from South Africa, and he's okay. like, "I know here, Barack Obama just sounds like a normal name, but he goes in North America, Barack Obama sounds like a guy standing on top of a wildebeest holding a spear, <laughs> <laughs> or whatever." And he's like, "It's a miracle that that guy ever won." But what, so whatever it is, is, it is quite. What, it's quite amazing that he was elected. It says a lot about his personality and his charisma yeah. and his his ability as a politician that he got elected president twice. Uh, on that name, and on, even even given the fact that he is African American, like that is also an issue as well in the states. You know? And and he's everybody's favorite former president. I think. Uh, he is. And I, re- I actually remember when he was president, I said this guy is going to make a billion dollars doing a guest speaking tour. It's going to be you a just, billion. You just contributed and, to that billion dollars. Oh, it, and it will be because I think Winnipeg was his first stop, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, was it? Okay. Then today he's at Cal- in Calgary at noon. Which yeah. is weird at the Saddle Dome. Weird, weird timing. Yeah, um, it was. And I a, hate saying Saddle Dome, by the way. It's, it's, it's a, a terrible Scotia, name. It's the Scotiabank Saddle Dome. Yeah, that's, I can't, ba- I, that's even worse. Honest, to be honest, I can't believe they don't have a new arena there because yeah. that is decades. That that one is definitely yeah. need of a re. re uh, they need a new arena in, in Calgary. Um, but anyway, let's talk about the show. So you oh, went, and and he's going to Vancouver after that. I just right. want to say so. And Winnipeg is on that list, which is always it's nice. To, it's just nice to be nominated. <laughs> it is. But but it, but it's it's kind of nice. It's nice that somehow that came together. He so the show started at six you had to yeah. like doors open at five did you get there right at five or what? uh yeah there was a there was confusion okay. let's let's just say i think actually this was a case of there's no more people there than like a regular jets game i'd say like if you it's true like there's people on the floor but then there's a section of the arena behind the stage that you could not sell seats for because nobody's going to buy seats to see the right. back of his head. Yeah, or they did say it was sold out, 13,000 yeah. people or something like that. Yeah, so the average Jets game gets 12,100 or something, no, I 15,000. Oh, is it 15? Yeah, it's a sellout. Okay, all right. So it's about the same, let's yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. So the usual Jets thing is there's there's a metal detector, and so it's, nothing's any different than it was yesterday other than the purses. Yesterday they were – Checking more closely and a cer- over a certain size, you can't go in. Yeah, that's what that's you got to. You have to check it. Yeah. So that's the only difference. But I think all of the fear mongering leading up to the event, and sometimes there's Jets games at, at six two. So it wasn't even like this is not unheard of. None right. of this is unheard of. Yeah. But people were acting like it is unheard of, and so there was a lot of warnings that went out before. And so we come out of the food court. At City Place, everyone's favorite food court, where I finally <laughs> tried the bistro pizza and it was fine. And is that pizza bistro? Yeah. You're oh yeah, it's yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, it's not bad. That's yeah, good. and like you it. watch it come out of a very right. slow moving tray. Yes, I don't know. Yeah. So we come out of there, and there is a line. I'm not kidding you. The line goes from where people get into the jets, all the way snaking around past the elevators you take to get into MPI. Like we're talking wow, thousands of people. So we walk up the right side, and there's nobody in line getting in the right side of the arena. Like, so there's a left and right lane. There's nobody. So we just walked right up and basically got in. And at first I thought, wait a sec, are we cutting? And I'm looking around. I'm like, no, we're not cutting. I'm like, there's two different lines. And all the people are just basically morons who are just joining the line. <laughs> They're just joining a line, that, that a super long line. And you really didn't need to be in it. Wow. So that was the first surprise. Then, oh, it was just like a lineup of ladies checking their giant purses. So there was some <laughs> of that, too. They, but, they, they would have told you that. Like, uh, we had an interview on CGOB with Kevin Donnelly from True North. Yeah. And he said in the interview, 
don't bring a don't bring a big bag. You cannot get in with your big bag. Leave it at work. Leave it because I mean, figure it. It's five o'clock. You could probably a lot of people probably just went straight from work because uh, they work downtown. Yeah. And he's like, just leave it at work. Don't don't bother bringing it because you'll get through way faster if you yeah. don't have anything. And that's just I think common sense. Like I wouldn't yeah. I would not. I mean, I don't carry a purse, but I do carry a backpack quite often, and I just don't bring it to things like that because. Yeah. You know, you know that, and, and anybody who's been to New York would have a similar experience. Yeah, uh, because they did that everywhere. When I was in New York, they did that at every single building um, yeah. that we went to. So yeah, it's just so so, so it was similar. It. So yeah. that part that was not that different. And today I noticed from Calgary, they're showing a lineup outside, and it looks cold mm-hmm. uh, in the sa- uh, outside the Saddle Dome. That's a mile long. Yeah. So it's like I'm not quite sure why why this event and. Maybe and I noticed the, the the searching of the bag was more thorough. Like, is it like a more thorough search? But it wasn't that different. Yeah. So it's kind of weird that it was just it was moving slowly. Let's just say I, I think everybody got in on time. It oh yeah. Look yeah. like they didn't. Yeah. Um. And so they started with a speech by Paul Simin, uh, from the Winnipeg Free Press, <laughs> really? proud sponsor. That's nice. And uh and uh, you know precom grad. Yeah. He's no Obama, but okay, <laughs> fine. So he uh. He is a bald. He's a bald white man. And You'd like so to he, see a cheap trick it went up for Obama? Is that uh, we talked about this, right? We talked uh, like, Mumf- Mumford and Sons. We'd like <laughs> Mumford and Sons to open up for for Barack Obama. Right. right. Exactly. Yeah. That would be good. Yeah. So yeah. So he came out and said something. Then a guy from the Chamber of Commerce came out and said something. And then he introduced. We had um, a guy from the Invictus Games. Uh, I know. I saw, the, saw him in a photo. I don't remember. He's from uh, Toronto. Yeah. If you give me a second, sure. I can get I'll just, while name. you're doing that, I'll just say I, I, that's like my least favorite thing of any type of, of event is when you have to sit through the person, like the sponsor's speeches, like presenting sponsor. They get to the opening word. Oh, it's all, it's and it's, it's awful. It's like, oh. Um, oh, and so, okay. Sorry. The host was Michael Burns, a yeah. guy uh, from the Invictus Games. Yeah. And he was good. He did a good job. Okay. Uh, I was Clearly, worried. he's traveling with. Obama to I do guess this. so, He's yeah. Doing it, otherwise, it would have had somebody local. Well, I searched this guy afterwards on uh, Google to find out what his deal is, and he is part. And if you want to find out his deal, it turns out he's on a guest available for guest speaking he's on one of those websites oh okay, okay. or whatever so he's yeah. got like you know he's got some marketing experience and stuff so uh but he was good he was relaxed um and then barack obama came out and uh he said the word winnipeg a number of times which the crowd responded well to uh he never did say the word trump in the okay interview. didn't say the word but certainly said things that made people applaud because they were thinking about trump right when he said them but uh it was a very friendly conversation it was uh, Obama's a thoughtful guy, and he t- he takes uh, lots of long pauses. Like when you ask him a question, and it's sort of surprising. Like I well, saw that's the- his, well, that's a signature move. That's what he was known for. Every impression of him, yeah. is they, they stop, they take a pause. He always did. And that. he even said that. And he and they uh, one of the questions was they they had on the screen they'd show some key photos from his time as president and one of them was a split screen him with harper and him with trudeau ah. so of course the crowd has a good chuckle and then uh the host says well what's your relationship like with him and he goes uh and it's it was sort of so drawn out that the audience started giggling because of what's and happening said, right now yeah and he yeah. said and uh and obama was like why'd everybody start laughing he goes you should know by now i just talk that way i i i I speak slowly, and he goes. When I was thirteen, my mom said to me, "Why are you talking that way?" I was like, "I don't know. That's just the way. That's just the way I talk." That's funny, though. So yeah, that was funny. So, so, but he had. It was mostly a message of hope. Good. It was a message. It was a pro young people message. Okay. 
And, uh, you know, to which I say, why can't they write a sentence then, Barack? Why can't they write a sentence? <laughs> but, uh, but, but uh, he, you know, he had very, uh, he talked a little bit about, uh, he was not asked what was missing was they did not ask uh, whether Michelle Obama might be considering a run herself. Okay. Which, and he said, basically, he said Michelle Obama would kill him if he so much as runs for dog catcher. That he was like, I'm a dead man. I can't. I. I. Can't, I mean, I may not run for anything else ever again. I. Bu- I buy it. Yeah. Like, come on. Once you're. Pre- but what can you do? Once you're president, right. there's nowhere to go. You run for the main thing. That's, there's that's nothing it. else after that's, that. Yeah. Right? You don't. You don't. I mean, could you be president again? I think that's no. Possible. You can't. Like, you can't do that no, again. No. No. It's a term limit. Is it? But yeah. what if you were to rerun again? I don't think. No. Okay. I don't I think don't so. I think you're, when you're done, else. you're done. Okay. When you're done your term, you're done. He but peaked, He peaked too early. He's only like 57 or something like that, right? He's, he's yeah. still pretty young. We found out last week, Michael Cohen, one of the things that the Cohen testimony was, he says, if Trump loses the election while he's in office, there will not be a peaceful transition of power. And I was like, ugh. Everybody sort of like paused there for a little bit. So Doesn't when I, mean you shouldn't do it. When I say there's a two-term limit, who the hell knows what this well, jackass we'll see, we'll is going to do. Like, he didn't make a lot of news <laughs> necessarily with the stuff he talked about. But it was, but it's one of those things where it was just nice to see him. Um, and what, my favorite part was the entire audience. It was a packed house, but like hanging on every word. The occasional, like once in a while, somebody would shout something out and everyone would have a chuckle or whatever. But overall, it was just very quiet and respectful and with with applause bursts at the right moments and stuff. But it was kind of weird. I don't know if I've ever been in an arena circumstances where people were just listening to a conversation and hanging on just I like can, I can imagine word. that would be strange, yeah. yeah. You see, you've seen a number of these. Yeah. Uh, you went to see John Cleese and, uh, and Alec Carol, Baldwin. Carol Burnett. Yeah. And so you've seen a number of these, but those are all the con- concert hall, which is a small, much, mm-hmm. a much smaller venue. Mm-hmm. And to, to, I can imagine that it would have been weird to see. And it was a full, it yeah. wasn't It wasn't a half arena thing. It no. was a full arena. Full arena. Besides the part behind the stage. Only the part behind the yeah. stage was. Uh, yeah, that's that's really weird that uh, I can't yeah. imagine. And I'm sure they had the screens you could see on the screen. Yeah, oh, they yeah. had a big screen yeah, yeah, yeah. and that was yeah. nice, but it was it was very uh it was almost eerie to be in a room full of people and having and it was like it was quiet like but you know you heard him of course but it was it was like the most respectful silence i've ever seen at any event let's cool. just say yeah well we're good I'm even glad, more uh, than a funeral i'm sorry sorry i didn't go i was holding out hope for free tickets i uh i'm on the um on the free ticket thing for uh, uh, Chorus Radio, where Ooh. I work. So they will occasionally, for example, I got free tickets to the Arkells a number of weeks ago, and I went yeah. to see the Arkells. Um, and so what happens is when there's extra tickets for a show, they often put it out at the last minute. Like, oh, we got some extra tickets for this show tonight, because they want to fill it up, right? Right. I'm sure the Arkells, like, they... I don't know if I'm, I don't think I talked about this on the podcast. They, they were in a bigger venue than they needed to be in. Like, they didn't quite sell that space out. It was the half arena. Yeah. Thing and they didn't quite have enough to, to sell that space, but but I'm sure a lot of those tickets were free. Yeah. So anyway, um, okay, let's move into the nerd news. Nerd news. You know the tragedy of this country is that cretins like you two end up running it. Yeah, losers like you end up. Let me tell you something, just so you know in advance, I'm not in a good mood today. In fact, I'm feeling a little hostile. Whoa. So the big story this week, besides Obama coming to town, was, of course, the passing of Luke Perry. 
90210. Also on Riverdale, which I'd forgotten about uh, until they mentioned it because I did see the first episode. I was wondering of why young people knew who he was. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And uh, that explains everything. But, but, uh, and yeah, I've only ever seen the first episode of Riverdale, but, um, he was, I guess, pretty good on that, I assume. He was a good actor and, and mm-hmm. certainly very iconic of the 90s. Between him and uh, Jason Priestley, the, those two guys kind yeah. of made, like, for, for a young teenager, as I was in the 90s, uh, they were kind of fashion icons for me. Uh, I definitely had those spot sideburns going on when I was in when I was like 16, 17 years old because of those two. So very sad. He passed away age 52, had a stroke a number of days ago, and then finally passed away um, uh, yesterday. Yeah, terrible. Yeah, so it's... I watched 90210 for, for years I watched that show because everybody watched that show. It was very, like, that was, that's pre-social media, pre-everything. Yeah, I wouldn't say I watched it on a regular basis. It was, if I caught it, I would watch it. I prefer the Canadian version, Degrassi High. That was my uh, my go-to sure. high oh, school yeah, that, drama. Yeah. Um, but, that, but still, I would watch it occasionally, and I was certainly aware, like, the cultural importance of that show. And they were just talking about doing a reunion, too, which is so weird. The timing of it is so weird. Yeah. Um, so very unfortunate news about it, and, and lots of people upset about it, an outpouring of grief on social media yesterday because of of. Luke Perry passing and everyone kept bringing up like all his fun stuff he used to do like he was on the mm-hmm. Simpsons he was sideshow Luke Perry uh, at one point and he did he kind of embraced the looking old he he, he was the oldest looking teenager on TV because he was in his like I don't know. He must have been yeah. in his uh, late twenties when he was playing a seventeen-year-old or something like that. But that was the joke, and he kind yeah. of embraced that. He did look older than he was. Yeah. Right. So yeah, kind of sad. And uh, my um, this is this is my personal story about Luke Perry, which is. My uh, father's partner is Linda P- Perry, and so she was in the phone book when 90210 was running as L. Perry. L. Perry. And so, like clockwork, the phone. My dad would go like yeah, the phone would start ringing, and it'd go ring, and and there'd be like little girls on the other end going, ah, "Is Luke Perry there?" And my dad, and 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 then my and my dad would always go, "Oh, I don't know. I'll I'll see if he's here. Just a sec or whatever." And then he's like, they'd always hang up the phone, kind of thing. But it was like that, like. To, to find the pot, you know, that's the power of that show. It's like hilarious. giggling little girls were like, oh my God, he's. He's a heartthrob. Yes, exactly. Yeah, so. we were just talking about that in class. Somebody else's heartthrob was Taylor Lautner, uh, which was a it's a it's a um, what's it called Twilight thing they were talking about. Oh anyway. yeah, but that was like that's what those that's what the those girls do at that age. So yeah, that's very right. very funny. Um, so another and of course other passings this week. Uh, it's been a weird week for celebrity deaths. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Keith. What's his last name again? Keith. Oh, from the Prodigy. From the Prodigy. We just call him the crazy guy from the po- yeah, Prodigy. Hang on a second. No. It's uh, I always forget his name because I like oh, Keith Flint. Keith Flint uh, from the Prodigy passed away um, on the weekend. It was a suicide, unfortunately, very sad. Uh, but I have to say, the Prodigy was one of those bands in the '90s. Again, but going back to the '90s that I really loved. I really had this kind of thing with with techno and kind of uh, dance music and they just were so different and part of the reason was because of him because of his crazy his, his like reverse mohawk thing he did these devil yeah. horns haircut and this look that he had yeah he just looked insane yeah and, yeah. and that was that and that video for Firestarter was so disturbing and, and he just did a great job of uh, personifying that band like re- what did he really do other than dance crazy and then say things in a British accent like he didn't have much else the, every, uh, the other guy was the band pretty much yeah. the other guy made all the music but he was just the guy that who was, was a, it was a 90s thing it was like yes. uh, Mighty Mighty Boss Tones had the dancer that's right and, yes. he didn't uh, do anything but dance Happy Mondays that's right uh, there's a bunch there's a bunch of those bands that just had sort of the uh, 
the muse. I don't know. What, what, what would you call that guy who well, dances? I mean, like the, the, you the, would, ostensibly you would call him the, like uh, cheerleader. <laughs> but for for the prodigy, he was a, he was the singer. But in as much as there wasn't a lot of singing in those songs, right? right? It was techno. It wasn't like a, a traditional rock song. But anyway, very sad uh, that he passed. Um, and of course, suicide is very sad, and, and depression is a horrible thing that um, that you know people should seek help for that. But it's, sometimes it's not that easy. Um, and then, of course, King Kong Bundy. Uh, this morning, the news that King King Kong Bundy, uh, famous wrestler from my youth and, mm-hmm. and our, from the '80s, uh, passed away as well. And I don't know the circumstances, although I would suspect he's, he was up there. So I don't suspect it's anything other than natural causes. Yeah. Um, he was also very heavy. He was like 400 pounds or something like that at his peak Big when, man. He was, when he was a wrestler. So I don't know what he would look like lately, but. Um, very, uh, very popular wrestler, and I certainly was one of the ones I watched on a regular basis when I used to watch WWF wrestling because it was called WWF back then. Uh. <laughs> oh, and by the way, while we're talking about deceased people, um, Catherine Hellmond from Who's the Boss? Yes, Mona. Also, Mona, Mona. from Who's oh the Boss? Oh my god, I forgot about that. And Mark Hollis, the lead singer of Talk Talk, that's right, died yes. last week. And Talk Talk, underrated '80s yes. band. No, for very sure. good. Great they've been, they've sort of been out of the spotlight for quite a while, but like. Everybody knows it's my life. Stefani did a cover of it, right. which she didn't write. Let, let, let the record show. Talk Talk <laughs> wrote it, and their version's better, of course. And uh, Peter Tork from the Monkees, like that was. This is all in a period of two, two weeks. weeks. Yeah, that's right. Peter, like Tork. that's crazy. That's I, been I, bad week. I've been keeping been my, I've been keeping my list going here. Yeah, kind of thing. Like so, when we do our year end, it's like well, because so we can remember, yeah, right? But exactly. it's like the, the it's been going overtime in the last week. Yeah, unfortunately, it's just you know, there's nothing else. To say it's just coincidence, it's yeah. just you know the way things go. But yeah, you think about every time someone like this passes away, you think about the impact they had on your life, and mm-hmm. and these famous people touch so many people. Like Peter Tork, I watched that TV show all the time growing up. I loved that TV show. Oh yeah, I thought it was hilarious. I didn't get people who said the monkeys were like fakes and all that other crap because that that had already like. I was I was it was in, I was watching reruns in the '80s, basically, right? So that was like I, all that stuff was already long gone. Um, but I still love the show, and I love the yeah. opening band, uh, opening song, and the music of the Monkees. Um, Head is pretty weird if that, you ever watch that movie, but yeah. that's you know that's neither here nor there. Um, Welcome to the '60s. But yeah, they, exactly. But they, uh, um, one time also, and the thing, the reason I knew Peter Tork when I was young, like as separate from the Monkees, is because Letterman. On late night with David Letterman, had sort of a goof show where he um, he was basically acting as though like oh, there's one thing that any woman in the world would want, and that's a date with one of the monkeys. Like that's the, <laughs> that was the premise of the bit, okay. and so they had Peter Tork on the show, yeah. and uh, a this woman in the '80s as well, right? right? And, yeah. so, and so before anybody knows Peter Tork's on the show, like Letterman will go to the audience or whatever and go like. If there's one great band in the world, who is it? And the, of course, the woman would go, the Beatles. And you go, okay, but if there's another one, what? And then you keep going down the list, and you go, well, what about the Monkees? You go, yeah, they're okay, or whatever. And then you go, like, okay, if there's a member of the Monkees that the you list. could meet, like exactly, you start with Davey Jones, right, exactly, right, right, exactly. Yeah. So then you get to Peter Torres, like, well, guess what? You've just won a date with him. And so, <laughs> so they had uh, her, uh, the woman and Peter Torres sitting at a table having a meal during the show, and they they check in to <laughs> oh, find out so how's funny. the date going with. Peter Tork. Yeah, yeah. It's very funny. And he was a good sport. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 
uh, especially at that point of his career, would it, he would have been kind of not really busy doing a lot of this other stuff. This was the eighties. Yeah, yeah like, like there was like there the was monkeys a had some good reunion. Well, tours. Yeah, they had a resurgence in the nineties yeah. and, and early two thousands. But uh, um, the that eighties period was like they were. They kind of there's a popularity because of the reruns, but not yeah. uh, like he wouldn't have been working a lot at that point. Basically, um, and the monkeys did a few reunions. They played they played the Red River X ones. Oh, I didn't um, know that. but but every time they reformed, they were missing somebody. Right. So it was always one of those. Well, and I, Michael Nesmith was the guy that held yeah. out for a long time. Right. Like he did not want to be a part of it for a long, long right. time. Right. And I probably should have gone to see the non. Nesmith monkeys. I probably should have gone to see that, but my thinking at the time was, well, if they're not all there, what's the point in going to this thing? <laughs> like, you true. know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, it's, it's what, very what, valid. What, what are you paying to see here? Right, exactly. But probably it would have been. It's fun like the to Beatles see without John. It's right. Like, yeah. Would you Would you see that? No. Well, I mean, you'd go. Like, if Paul and Ringo played here, I'd go. But if they <laughs> called it the Beatles, I'd be miffed. That's right. Like, if they're like, "Welcome to the Beatles." Well, you saw but the Who do it though. But I think it's because the Who have their two like. The guitarist who writes all the songs and the singer. So they, they get away with it, I think, longer for that reason. Hmm. You can do without a bass player pretty easily. Keith Moon was pretty integral. And they're like like Keith Moon and John Antwistle were integral to the Who. Okay. But if you're gonna be missing folks and you want only two members of the band to be there at this stage, way late in the career, uh, I think those are the two that People are what about, what about Axl see. Rose touring with Guns N' Roses when it's just him? When it, what do you mean? Well, well it's him Rose, and no, yeah. No, there's no other original members of that band. It's just that's Axl always Rose. unfortunate. It's Axl Rose and a backup band essentially. Lead and, singers get away with it longer. Yeah, like to me, the David Gilmore Pink Floyd is a joke. Yeah, the biggest yeah. joke. Like I like David Gilmore. I have his solo albums, and if he came here and played the concert hall, and they're like David Gilmore is here playing his hits, I'd be excited to go. If they're like Pink Floyd's playing the stadium, and by the way, it's the David Gilmore Pink Floyd, then I'm not going. Okay, like that's the joke. Like, like it's all in the branding, I right, guess. Right, Maybe right. the joke's on me, <laughs> but uh, it just pisses me off. Yeah, no, I get it. That's a, yeah. that's a good conversation. We should share that. Uh, this could be a whole let's, podcast. Let's let's, let's uh, put a, a pin in that for now. And we'll uh, come back to it another day. Yeah. All right. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll look, talk about Game of Thrones. The trailer for season eight just dropped. We're gonna watch it live on the Media Nerds podcast. <laughs> Let's get in close. Let's scooch in here. Do you want me? Should I, should I just watch it or should I uh, just No, no, it's fine. You can just watch it. I will. I have it here. Uh, that's a different thing here. Here it is. I know death. He's got many faces. I look forward to seeing this one. Everything you did brought you where you are now. Where you belong. Home. 
coming. Our enemy doesn't tire. Doesn't stop. Doesn't feel. I got chills. That was good. I got chills. Oh, it's so good. Wow. Oh, so much in there to, to break down. Okay, so it's it's. I, this is the first time I've seen me it. Me too. Me too. I haven't. Seen and it I already yet. have amnesia about what I just saw well, because you're just like, oh, you're trying to soak it all up. Right. Of course. So, so you got starts with um, Arya running through somewhere. She it starts with somewhere. Ariana Grande. That's okay. Right. Arya. Arya Stark. That's who that yeah, is, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, I thought you were gonna feel, say Ariana it's, Grande. It's, it's been so long since I've I watched know. the show that I can't remember anybody's name. Well, you and I are famous for doing podcasts about Game of Thrones where we're like, what's that person's name again? Okay. That, Actor and character. That it's was, so hard to keep it straight. It, there's that, but that, that's because um, for the longest time on Game of Thrones, there were so many characters that we couldn't keep them straight. No. There was literally like dozens of characters. A couple in actors changed roles. Well, and then they... <laughs> our, our characters changed. I mean, a couple characters got played by new actors. Right, too. and then a lot of them died. So yeah, that, made, did, that, yeah. made it, that made it easier to keep yeah. track. The more died, the more we could keep track. Actors or characters? See, actors, we're already confused. The characters <laughs> died. The actors, no, <laughs> actors died in the, in the making of this I film. I assume they die in real life when they die on right. the show uh we got some great visuals here of uh of both sides like okay so we've got there is a good shot of of um of uh, cersei with the mountain in the background and then this priest guy i don't remember his name but he's the guy who's basically responsible well, clearly he's the hand now because he's got the little hand uh thingy on his on his cloak but he's the guy responsible for bringing the mountain back to life like he's the zombie guy he's figured out how to right. zombify people so um so the, you know we've got them on the on the other side we have john and uh and uh shit why can't i remember their names it's, it's the usual thing for us no but it's... remember we had uh what's her name on the show sarah uh, sarah and she knows everybody's name and she doesn't just know everybody's name but she also knows the whole backstory and everything. She's and very I, knowledgeable. We yeah, should have I, her on again. I just remember sitting here and going, oh, you're you're putting our our Rinky Dink podcast to shame yeah. with your knowledge of yeah. Game of Thrones. Yeah. We're, we're, I mean, I'm, I've am i seen every episode of Game of Thrones, and I still get confused where when when uh, on uh, certain plot threads. Well, because, it, but and part of it is the long pause that right. HBO yes, will take. Right, yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, Khaleesi. Khaleesi. What's her actual name, though? Uh, Daenerys. Daenerys Targaryen. That's what I'm looking for. Uh, so John and Daenerys are a thing now. They're cousins. Spoiler alert, but they don't know that. So now they're an item. We saw that at the end of the episode. So we see them walking towards the dragons. Oh, I Lots forgot about that. Yeah, you're right. Thanks for reminding me. Yeah, they, they, I forgot they about that twist. Right, right at the very back yeah. end. They, oh, you forgot about the twist about I them being I cousins? Forgot. Yeah. Well, it's been so long. That was, well, that was, years, the, that right? was the major twist of the final episode yeah. is that we found out the true parentage of Jon Snow. And um, so not only does that give him a legitimate claim to the throne... Um, but also makes him cousin, cousins with, uh, with, with uh, what's her face. So anyway, um, but yeah, like this is just, oh man, it's only six weeks away. So now it's time for me to get HBO again. So it's the end of school as like, as luck would for us. It. Yes. Oh, perfect. Perfect timing. Um, so it's time for me to sign up for HBO again. Cause I haven't, I only signed up for HBO in, uh, 
when Game of Thrones comes along. You should have it at all times. I don't, you, don't you need have it in your time. back pocket. I don't have much time to do it. It's like, okay, the, so here's the thing. We haven't talked about this too much on the podcast because it took me a while to realize what was going on. Um, Crave TV didn't do a good job of marketing this, what this was. Um, so Crave TV, a number of months ago, Crave TV here in Canada was a brand originally launched by I want to say Rogers and other, it was mainly Rogers Media, as opposed to the other one by Shaw, which was called oh, Show boy. Me. Remember Show Me the Money? Yeah. Show Me. That's um, what it was called? It was called Show boy. Me. Show Me. There's something else I didn't remember. Uh, yeah. Well, it only they only gave that two years. Show Me yeah. was like a, a good, it was a good start, but they just, they went two years, didn't get the numbers they wanted, so they tanked it. Um, whereas, uh, oh no, I think, oh, sorry, I'm, I'm mixing it up. Rogers had the show me one. Rogers was show me. Bell has Crave. Bell TV is Crave. Mm -hmm. So Crave TV, what it is, um, what it was, was kind of an, it was kind of a side, it was a streaming service that you could subscribe to only if you had a subscription with a cable company, right? You could only sign up for it. So I had mm -hmm. it through uh, my MTS subscription and you get a discount on it as well. It's like five bucks a month or something like that if you get the discount. Then what they did is they actually launched it as a standalone service now. So you don't need a cable subscription to subscribe. And now they offer Crave Plus, which is actually all the movie channels that you get. So what used to be called, um, what was it called again? Uh, shoot. Remember the movie movie network? What was it called? Oh, it was just called the movie network. Was it TMN? TMN, yeah. Was that what it was? I don't remember. Anyway, it was... It had a... It was a couple different movie channels. Movie Central? Movie Central, that's it. Yeah, yeah, sorry. So it was a couple different movie channels, and they would basically show... The idea behind it was it was movies that were not in the theater anymore, but not well had been on demand, but weren't on Netflix. It kind of bridged the gap between mm -hmm. on demand where you pay for it and Netflix where it's quote unquote free. So they would bridge the gap. They would have new, newer movies on there. And some of them are older. Like they have a lot of the older HBO stuff like uh, uh, Temple Grandin, for example, was a right. movie that I hadn't watched for years and years. I didn't couldn't access it. And I finally saw it on that service. It's good. It's a very good movie. Yeah. yeah excellent. I'm Temple Grandin. <laughs> I, I just love that. Uh, there's a Forrest Gump element to it. There it is. Yeah. Although Temple, Temple Grandin is a real person. Yes, it is. And Forrest she Gump is. is not a real person. That's right. <laughs> Let yeah. it be said. Um, so anyway, I, I uh, so now what Crave TV is, is a standalone. So you, and it is the, essentially the equivalent to HBO Go here in Canada. Right. So you get all the, it used to be when you got Crave TV, you got older HBO stuff. You got like the Sopranos and the Wire and all the old stuff that had already ended. So it's a great resource for like catching up on those shows if you never watched it. But you could not watch new Game of Thrones episodes on it. They had seasons one through three of Game of Thrones, and that was it. Mm -hmm. Now they've updated it, so now you get all this stuff. Everything you can get on HBO is available on Crave. It's 20 bucks a month mm. for this, which is the same price you would pay for HBO, right. by the way. So that's fine by me, and it's all in demand. Now, the only thing I don't know is whether or not this is going to be um, – like the next day or what's going to happen when it's released. Like I don't know when it'll air on HBO first, and then will it go up on Crave the next day? Is that well, how it's it all works? integrated now? But I, but I, I, I well, you, well, I actually noticed yesterday, um, part two of the Michael Jackson documentary, Leaving Neverland, right. was up uh, before it aired. It oh, was up for, it was on demand before it aired, and that might have been a special set of circumstances. Yeah, but uh, you know, I guess we'll see what happens. But right now. I know, like, if I miss John Oliver, sometimes I go, oh, I missed it. Let me just check on demand, and it's not there yet. Yeah, so it, so it usually depends takes, on what it is. Yeah, it usually takes a little bit, usually a day okay. to appear ah, on there. It's but maybe, be a problem. But my guess is they're going to keep, uh, they're, you know, they're going to get faster at it. 
Yeah, as maybe. Usual. I, I remember that um, for Mad Men, my, for the last season of Mad Men, my mom had subscribed to it on, on iTunes. Mm-hmm. So it was like by the season, so you get the episodes. And she actually used to get them early. She would get yeah. them. She would get them before they aired on AMC, which is a weird system. So well, maybe, also sometimes I think uh, depending where you subscribe, like the East Coast is an hour ahead of us, and and yeah. once in a while you get some lucky bounces being in the time zone we're in. But uh, like I think, uh, like for instance, if you were on the West Coast, which is two hours behind us. My guess is you'd be watching that really early because it would be just become available. Like, see, I don't know. That must suck to have to live on the West Coast oh, be uh, because everything is like. First of all, you avoid social media during these shows, right? Yeah. You cannot watch. You cannot be on Twitter or any other yeah. form of social media. If you do not, if you're not watching it live, then mm-hmm. then you have to avoid that stuff. More than one person had the uh, the purple wedding. Um, spoiled for them oh yeah that's where joffrey dies um that that one uh people were tweeting just emojis and people got pissed because clearly you could tell what it was right so i saw a couple of examples with that so you just avoid social media just don't go on it um but yeah if you're on the west coast you are a full three hours behind new york and in the east coast so you have to and they they i don't think they aired earlier there i think they wait they do like it's not like this. It's not like here. Like we get the we get both feeds actually. We do. We get East and West right. on HBO. We get don't we? Oh no, I don't. Not not oh, on okay. Shaw. Okay, so on MTS, MTS you do. MTS, on Shaw, you do. You do yeah, so yeah. MTS you get the if you subscribe to HBO you get both the East and West sides. But um, yeah, it's so weird that uh, you would have to like not watch it or subscribe to an earlier feed. I don't know how that's gonna work. We'll have to talk about it when it, when it happens. I'm gonna subscribe to Crave. I also want to get back into Letterkenny because it's an amazing show. More people need to I've know. I've never watched it's it. So funny. It's so funny. And again, only available on Crave TV. Like, I think they were counting on that being there. You know, Orange is the New Black, whatever their original series that would drive people to it. But right now, they're just not getting. It's not happening. Um, everyone I know who's seen Letterkenny loves it, but. It's just a matter of getting in front of more people because they're. Mm-hmm. It really should be airing on like a TV network right now in Canada. You can't get away with that in Canada. There's not enough people here for you to get away with that stuff. You have to do that. If it was in the, in the states, then it would work, but here it won't. So I yeah. mean, they might get picked up by the U.S. I don't know. They're, it's kind of like, I would say, Letterkenny is kind of a combination of Trailer Park Boys meets um, Corner Gas with some more, better dialogue in it. Like that's kind of how it goes. It's not quite as trashy as Trailer Park right. Boys. But it's it's very similar in its its execution. So and that for some reason, Trailer Park Boys did did do well in the United States. It's kind of weird how that happened. Uh, well, it did, but Corner Gas did too, and so did Little Mosque on the Prairie. Got a did, massive. Did it really? It got a massive bounce. Like it oh, was. And I about, think actually now that I think about it, Shit's Creek is doing well as well. Yeah, isn't it? Shit's yeah, Creek is doing pretty well. Because it's on uh, some streaming service there. Yeah, but though, it's one? funny oh, how Netflix, these Netflix actually. It's on Netflix. Yeah, there, yeah, yeah. It's funny how these these uh, like really quintessentially Canadian shows. Like yeah. I would say, Little Mosque on the Prairie. Come on, there's nothing more Canadian than that. Um, but uh, I guess because of the the if it's if it's. Um, I don't know. It's weird. They, they they seem to kind of resonate with an American audience. I guess depends mm-hmm. on on the audience. But anyway, uh, so yeah, Game of Thrones is coming. I'm excited. So Are what you... do you think? Do you did we look at the ending again? Did you? I think we only got to a certain point. Well, here. I don't know if I will. Do we want to go through the whole thing? Like, well, we're almost at the end. Like, what so happens after the we see the t- dragons? We see a bunch of shots, and that clearly they're waiting for. So the ending here is is basically we see them waiting. It's super dark. There's going to be a battle. There's a battle, and all you see is like a single hoof step into view and it's obviously a skeleton hoof you can tell because yeah look at it it's like a bone see i missed that on the first you can't you can see it's it's a boner there oops (laughs) it's not a boner it's a bone (laughs) it's a it's a skeleton hoof so that's the white walkers that's what it is 
the White Walkers. So this is the final battle between the humans and the White Walkers. That's this is what this has all been building up to. Hmm. But I think they have to cover a lot of ground to get there. Like there's is there only eight episodes again this season? I think there's only eight episodes. Uh, I think it, yeah, I yeah. think it's a short season. So so they have to get like when we left off, they were heading north, but they're still at odds with the Lannisters. Like they're still Cersei and Jamie are still on the other side of that. They have not. They have to get those people together in order to fight off the He's White Walkers. Fight with the humans. Who is? That's what it said. Wasn't it Jamie who said that in this trailer? See, look, I'm already showing my ignorance on the trailer. Who said I'm fighting on the side of the humans? Uh, I don't know. Somebody said it. I'm fighting for humanity. Something. Oh, I'm going to fight with the living. Who said that? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Right. yeah, it is him. Yeah, that's right. I'm going to fight. Good with job. See, your memory's pretty good. Well, not you didn't say humanity. <laughs> fight for the living, though. That's that means that he's not fighting on the side of the White Walkers. So they they do get together. They do uh, they do finally unite those two. We presume. I I uh, saw my bullshit headline on uh, uh, Flipboard, Flipboard today, and it says. Uh, the Game of Thrones official trailer hints at a happy ending. And I was like, how does it do that? Yeah, exactly. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, bullshit headline. I mean, you could, hey, you got a 50 50 chance, right? Yeah, no so kidding. there you go. So let's roll the dice. But then how do you really think it's going to end? Yeah. I think it will be a happy ending. But it, the, the trailer certainly doesn't hint at that. Yeah, <laughs> or that's funny. Anything. No, you don't get anything out of the trailer. Uh, happy ending. It's like a Star Wars trailer. It is. Everybody tears it to shreds, but and rips it, it apart, still, and then in the end, it doesn't me, even matter. It's still enough to get me excited about the show. So yeah. I'm, I'm quite looking forward to this. I think it's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, and that'll be it. It's interesting because originally what I wanted to talk about today was the whole Steven Spielberg debacle, which I'll tell you about right now. So mm-hmm. so after the whole Roma thing, uh, mm-hmm. where Roma won three Academy Awards and was nominated for Best Picture. You picked it for Best Picture. It didn't yeah. win, but it was a surprise that it didn't win. Steven Spielberg is going to make a recommendation to the Academy this month or next month or whenever they have their next meeting that he wants to institute new rules around the release of films in theaters uh, in order to be eligible for nominees. He doesn't like the fact that a Netflix movie was nominated for Oscars. He thinks Netflix should be Emmys. And, and uh, you know, the difference between a th- film that's nominated for an Oscar and a film that's nominated for an Emmy should be whether or not it's viewed on TV or in the theater. Or is it the length of the video piece? No, but he's, uh, this what's driving me nuts about it. And everyone's pissed, by the way. Nobody likes this idea. Everyone hates that he's being a stickler about this. He's like, I think, you know, hold on, hold on. He was, wasn't it him and George Lucas who said that the movie theater is going to become events that yeah. we're going to pay 70 bucks to go see a movie or something right. like that. I'm like, and everything no. else is going to be released. It's going to be like a Broadway end. show, they said, right? right. It's be, yeah, well, that's not going to happen. No. But, but the, these guys are clinging to this outdated model of the theater. And um, the problem with that issue is that a lot of these films, these independent films that are nominated, right now the rule is it has to be in the theaters for a week mm-hmm. in order to be nominated, to be eligible for nomination. That includes all the shorts, yeah. all the documentaries, everything that's nominated, all the more obscure stuff. And for a lot of these independent films, to have them, to expect them to have a longer theatrical run is super expensive, and they're not able to do it until they get like nominated or they win an Oscar that you're not going to get any marketing at all. That's what the Oscars do for these films. Mm-hmm. So that it's kind of like backwards to try and suggest. And by the way, Roma was in theaters for like three weeks. Right. They ran it in limited run in theaters for three weeks just to get just to make well, sure that it was nominated. It's a loophole. It, it doesn't is. make any sense. It's ridiculous. But, but how is it different if it's a film and it's made for like all these movies that Netflix are coming out with? There's one coming out next year. Uh, Martin Scorsese is doing a film that they think is going to be the big contender for the Oscars. How is that different from a move uh, a film that's made for the theaters? It's the same process. 
process. Yeah. The same amount of money is being put into it. Um, you know, it, it doesn't matter if you watch it. Most people will watch movies on their TVs anyway. Even if it is a theatrical release, they will watch it They'll on TV. They'll pay a premium for the convenience as opposed to pay a premium to see it on a big well, screen. Well, so, you know, and, and the way they'll they'll um, they'll pay to watch a big movie, like a big event movie, like a Marvel film or a big summer blockbuster because it's got big special effects and the sound and there's an experience to go with that, but they're not going to pay to see Roma in the theater. Like, that's not a movie. It's not a theatrical movie for me, right? Well, everybody who was rooting for it said, it must be seen on the big screen. Who said that? But it's a, Oh, critics. Okay, whatever. You know, it's the usual. Yeah. It's the usual. Must be seen on the big screen. I mean, that's the rallying cry for everybody, but... You know, it's like the video I shoot on my iPhone must be seen on the big screen. Like, like, <laughs> how big is your TV? Mine's pretty big. Well, like, everybody's I, is. You know, well, it's well, not bad. I, my my TV's gonna last forever, as it turns out. Okay, so mine's a forty-two inch. There you uh, go. Uh, plasma, but uh, which I never thought would make it this long. But no kidding. It's, it's lasting forever. That's a pretty decent size. It's much bigger than the TVs we had when we were kids, right? Like, oh yeah. Back then, no there's complaints. a definite there's a definite difference between watching a TV, made for TV movie. And by the way, Spielberg's first big successful film was a made for TV movie. Yeah. Lest we forget Duel, yeah. which is like one of the movies that made him who he is. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, people are upset about this, and I think that uh, in in a way, the Game of Thrones thing reminds me about how, like. TV is doing it better than movies in a lot of ways. Game of Thrones should be seen. Game of Thrones should be seen on the big screen. That is something yeah. that I definitely would like to see on a big screen. That'd be easy to do. Well, yeah, but but it's and it, it all goes, the cheapskates who downloaded for free from a torrent site or whatever would probably a lot of those would go to a theater. Sure, why wouldn't it? you yeah. go see the theater? But um, that's actually a very good idea. Someone should do that. Get get the get those people. Get the folks who will go well, to the movie. Well, release don't. Game of Thrones in the theater. Release yeah. the series. Season. I mean, I I know it's a lot. Like the problem is, it's like eight seasons worth of content. So it's something like eighty, yeah, 80 hours. Just do the last season. Well, whatever. Yeah, do uh, actually yeah. you could do a run every. If they thought of this earlier, they could have done a run like leading into the last season. But someone should do that. Yeah, eight yeah. episodes, eight days, or eight weeks, or something leading yeah. up to it. That would be great. Um, because I think that definitely you want to see, or you could do two episodes at a time because they're hour, hour, right. an hour each. Right? Can you do one episode to have a break and do another one? I think this is a great idea we've come up with here. Let's you, do you it. You came up with it. Well, my, Craig, well, my idea Kendall always Larson. is I'd rather pay fifty bucks to see Rogue One at home <laughs> than have to drag my ass to a theater and pay twenty. Like, right. I'd rather pay more to be comfortable I'm, I'm, and to I'm not going, have to now, rush somewhere. To be fair, I'm going to see Captain Marvel this week. I've got my tickets already, so I'm going to go see it on Thursday, uh, and I'll I'll report back after I watch it. But uh, that's one of the ones. Those Marvel films are ones I still kind of tend to pay for the in the theater. But yeah, like I think that Game of Thrones is going to clean up at the Emmys because it technically it's TV. But it's the same. Like, there's no reason why Game of Thrones could not be nominated for Oscars, and in fact, it should be nominated for Oscars because of the special effects and the the uh, the writing, the acting. Some of the acting is amazing. Like, it's I don't know where, where is where is it where is the difference between Game of Thrones and a film that's released in theaters. I just watched the second season of Gamora on Netflix, and I was like, that's better than a movie. Yeah. When I watched it, I was like, holy shit, the production's hot, standards are high. The, the drama is riveting. The dialogue is fantastic. It's in Italian. It translated into uh, English subtitles. And even then, you're like, wow, this is great. This, yeah. this show is incredible. And you're like, you know what? If that were in a theater, it would be like the best picture because <laughs> because it's so damn good. So you, you you sort of look at it like that and just go, well, what are we – like basically, okay, fine. Have your way and say that this is what a movie is. But those days are numbered. Like I agree, it's not gonna last. Like okay, even if you agree and do it that way, it's just a matter of time till that's gonna collapse. Right. It's just it's just 
we you can just see it. Yeah. So the, so the, the the question becomes how do how do we blend those two together? How do we blend, blend TV and film in a way that people? Uh, Netflix had a great statement about it. They're like, we we just support uh, content that allows people who <laughs> I love this. How they say can't can't afford to go to the movies, which I guess is valid, but you're paying for Netflix, so. Um, but I guess it's cheap. It's, ultimately, it's cheaper for Netflix than it is to go see the, the movies. The prime viewing audience for movies is young people who claim they can't afford anything, right? But somehow they afford they can, twenty bucks. Yeah, to go and see a movies. beer at the bar seems to be affordable too, right? Based, right, right. On, based on what I see happening. <laughs> so, so it's like that. That. that uh, but but there's a larger market for it if you if you make it about uh, the viewing experience, if you make it about just seeing the film and not about where you see it, then the, mm-hmm. the market becomes bigger, right? right? People, more people will will watch that at home. So I think that I don't know. I just, as far as the awards go, I guess I don't know. I think the way it is is fine. I think Spielberg's just I don't know why he's up and he's pissed off or something. Does he have something coming out next year that he's worried that Scorsese's going to beat him? Probably, probably, probably Lincoln Part Two. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. Lincoln Two in that one he the, invents the, the ghost of Lincoln comes back. That's and, right. He invents the Lincoln Logs. <laughs> does does Lincoln? Part two. By the way, does Lincoln end with the assassination of Lincoln? Is that how that ends? You I've know, never seen the movie. I. I may have seen it. Okay. I don't remember. All I remember, what's what I always say about Lincoln is all I know is that based on the movie, all I know at one point Lincoln was sitting in a room with a bunch of dudes and he went, and you, and you, and you. I remember that, yeah. That's what they just showed yeah. that scene over and yeah, over and over. Right. So that I don't even remember if I saw the movie. I just remember him going, <laughs> you, and you, and you. I was like, that's the best scene in the movie, you and you and you? Yeah. Him pointing. That's right. And saying you? That's right. I was like, uh, I don't, okay. <laughs> so I actually have no memory of seeing it, but I think I might have. Okay. I think it was on a. I think it was on. HBO. Movie Central. Oh, Movie Central. There you go. You've not was. seen it in the theaters. All right. Our conversations come full circle. There you go. All right. Let's take a look at some uh, recommendations for this week. I would like to go first. Yeah. I've been waiting weeks to say this because we haven't done a media nerds in a little while, but I absolutely have to recommend. Uh, speaking of Netflix, The Umbrella Academy on Netflix. Have you seen it yet? I've seen previews for it. Stop whatever you're doing and watch it right now. It's an amazing really? show. It's so good. It's the best. I mean, I know we're early in the year, but it's certainly the best series so far on Netflix this year. Uh, one of the top series for me on Netflix, period. Like, it's so good. Um, just quickly, it's it's uh, based on a comic book, which I was not aware of before I saw the show. So I looked it up afterwards. The comic book is a Dark Horse comic. So it's a little bit darker, a little bit more off the off the beat. It's not like a typical superhero um, story, but it is like the tagline is super dysfunctional family. And that's absolutely what this is about. Uh, this this billionaire eccentric billionaire adopts a bunch of kids and raises them. And it turns out they all have superpowers except for one. And um, and then uh, basically, but he's very like demanding and he doesn't know how to raise kids properly. And they have a, a uh, all these things happen to the, as, as the children and they're super famous. Like he put, basically puts together a superhero team full of kids. And so they are famous. They are well known. And uh, basically, it's dealing with the fallout of that. So then the story picks up years later after they've grown up and what, what's happened to all of them. So it's, hmm. a, it's a very good story. Great acting. Great fight scenes and choreography amazing soundtrack just an amazing soundtrack by the way the comic book and part of the soundtrack was written by one of the members of my chemical romance oh so who knew interesting Um, but uh it was it's i definitely think you will love it you will love the music for sure and it's a great watch and i can't wait i want to watch it again uh, I can't. I can't wait to watch. I want how many the, episodes? Yeah, uh, like ten episodes, I think. Okay. So it's not. It's not. A, and some of them aren't quite an hour. Some of them are forty-ish minutes. But mm-hmm. it's really, really good. It stars uh, Ellen Page is the kind of the biggest name in it, I guess. So oh, big oh, name. Oh, oh, and Colm Fjord. 
Remember oh, Colin Fiore, Trudeau. We call him Trudeau. We do, but <laughs> yeah. also Bond Cop, Bad Cop. He was the Bond Cop. Oh in God, Bond I Hepburn. forgot about Bond. But Cop. he's also he also plays the eccentric billionaire in this, and he's very good. Oh, in that good. Role. So it's good to see him. So it's Canadian. Shot no, in Canada. No, probably shot in Canada <laughs> because sure he's a Canadian is. actor. And Ellen Page. Is but Canadian. he also, it's funny because he is, he, do you remember the character in uh, Hellboy, the uh, old man? Yeah. I don't remember the name of the actor who plays him. Um, I remember that character. I don't William, remember. Is it William Hurt or John Hurt? Ooh. I always mix those two up. Oh, you got me now. Right? I don't know. It's a I, I know the difference between the two Hurts, but I don't remember who's in the that one movie. Who's, the one, it's the one who has the, the chest burster and alien. Oh, that's John Hurt. John Hurt. Yeah, there you go. Is it John Hurt? I'm gonna look. I don't it know. Up. Yeah, I can look it up. That's what made him hurt. The yes. chest burster. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it is John Hurt. Right. So anyway, yeah. so John Hurt in Hellboy, this character, Confiore plays this character. I thought it was John Hurt at first. I'm like, this oh. looks sounds exactly like him. That kind of British accent, but it isn't. It is Confiore and some Ooh. some good makeup. So anyway, Umbrella Academy. Watch it. It is awesome. It's cool. awesome. Very very good. Good recommendation. Yep. I will definitely take you at that recommendation. Um, I am going to recommend, and I think I might have called it the wrong thing, but the Michael Jackson documentary, Leaving Neverland. Oh, yeah. Did I call it Finding Neverland? That's a different movie. If I <laughs> if that's what I called it earlier in the podcast, I apologize. That's the one with Johnny Depp. That's yeah, the one with yeah. Peter Pan. That's kind of an unfortunate... Uh, <laughs> it is. I never thought of that I wonder if that's very minute. I wonder if that's deliberate. They're, they're naming their documentary about Michael Jackson <laughs> very in a very similar fashion to yeah. the person who... Uh, well, because you know, Michael Jackson's home was called Neverland. Right. Weirdly yep. enough. Yeah. Like who? I don't know. Anyway. Leaving Neverland is, it's unbelievable. It's a two part, it's a four hour documentary, two parts of two hours each. And, uh, you know, if there, the, the odd thing about the documentary is, and it, it's like, it's a nightmare. It really is a nightmare. Um, but anybody who read, who read the Vanity Fair articles or uh, Diane Diamond had a book, uh, back in the day on Michael Jackson, it's all been laid out. Like there's nothing that's really not been said, but I think the difference is these are, Two people who supported Michael Jackson and then have decided, nah, it's time to tell the truth about Michael Jackson. So, so to clarify, these are two people who were kids who were yeah. the, like two of the kids that would go over and stay with him at his house yeah. and stuff. And he did this with a lot of kids, right? Oh, like lots of kids. Part of the after you see uh, the two parter, part probably the first question in everybody's mind is how many kids are we talking? Right, about? right. And I'm not sure. I, I saw uh, Diane Diamond who wrote the book. She was actually. Um, she was one of the co-hosts of sort of a trashy tabloid show back in the day. I can't think of the name of it right now. But anyway, she um, said – I saw her interviewed on CNN, I think, last weekend. And she said – they asked her that question because that, that's the question. Once right. you see it, you're like, what are we talking about here? And she says, well, in the back of this – my own book. She goes, I keep this for my own reference. And in the back, I've written down the names of people who I believe to be victims of Michael Jackson. And there's 25 names or something like that okay. in the back of the book. Yeah. And – and so that there's that. Then there's the um, there's there's the harrowing accounts of these men who were then boys, and sort of how Michael Jackson. One of the takeaways is he didn't just groom kids and get them ready to be molested. He groomed their whole families. Yeah. And there's like there's it's 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 unsettling to sort of see like where these families are now. I you know I don't want to sort of get into the details because that's part of how the how the story unfolds. But there's, you know, there's there's people to blame. There's people who blame themselves. There's people who blame each other. There's people like there's all kinds of blame floating around. And the one person who's really to blame for all of it is dead. And that's yeah. Michael Jackson. Well, that's, and that's my question is because like they would have now he settled. 
he was there was yeah. only one court case one one, that was, uh, one, one Jordan Chandler and that was that was uh was it settled or was it no there was yeah, only one paid was him it, off. A, it was a criminal case was it a criminal case or civil I don't, uh, I don't recall but they paid him he he settled I think it was criminal because he settled yeah I think okay, it was anyway, we'll figure it out anyway he so settled the, and also with these two yeah. these two kids as well they settled no, these no? two oh, kids okay. supported him back in the day, oh, Michael Jackson. Oh, I see. Okay, I see. And now they're like, wow. So these guys did not sign a non-disclosure agreement or anything like that? I, uh, like that, that would have been part not... of the settlement. If, if they're going to settle, they're no, going to say, you can't talk more, about this. It was more like they ended up supporting him almost because, like, they like they have voicemail messages from Michael Jackson. Like they have lots. Yeah. And um and it's basically like Michael. They you know the kids would start getting older and Michael Jackson would be less interested in them. Right. And then then he'd be in trouble and then he'd suddenly call them again and go like oh I'm gonna need your help and when I need to help, I need you to testify on my behalf and they were happy to that get Michael the Jackson was interested right. in them again. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. like it's this horrible thing. And uh, you sort of see, like, the movie does a job of, of, of setting up, showing you what the pattern is. Yeah. And you see it play out over and over again. And it's, 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 it's unsettling. It really is unsettling. Like, like if, um, I don't know if, I don't think the documentary would be for everyone. But no. certainly, like, after you see it, you really don't want to hear any more of his music. You don't want to, you, you just don't want to. Like I'm, never, I was never the biggest Michael Jackson fan. No, to begin nor, with. nor was I. Nor uh, was but I. I, I'd never like when those allegations came out. It was weird how they were. It, it was present. It was always around, yeah. right? Going back to like I don't want to say like not early '90s. I don't know when exactly it started. Like yeah, it was thought, in the '90s. But people thought it was weird that he would have kids over. Just the fact that he would have kids over by yeah. themselves. You know what I mean? And I, I was saying as somebody who who has kids. I would never let them go there by themselves. Yeah. You know, I would want to give, oh, Michael Jackson wants to, us to come to his house. I'm going there. I'm going to make sure my kid is okay. I'm not going to let my kid sleep in the same bed as Michael Jackson. See, the movie explains how that happened. I, okay, well, and, and, I'll and, watch and it. And your heart doesn't just go to the victims. To me, my heart went out to the moms in particular. Yeah, okay. Like, like the fathers are these peripheral figures who are kind of like, they got other stuff to do. They've got other things. They're from another country. They they have a life somewhere else, and it's and it's kind of like the mom, the mom and the kids get groomed into the Michael Jackson lifestyle. Yeah. And Michael Jackson made made it his thing to be to position himself as a I'm just like a kid in a grown up's body, and it was a very powerful like. I think most people today still think that still think he was like just kind of a weird kind of guy. He's weird, well, but I don't think most people looked at him and went, well, that's what a child molester looks like. No, they no. looked at him and went, he's just, he's such a weird guy. He was a guy like, who was famous. As, uh, yeah. Again, he was famous as a kid because of his, his, the Jackson five and then became yeah. the most famous of those Jackson fives. He was the one who went on to become basically the most famous person in the world at that time. So, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'll definitely watch it. I'm gonna. I've been. I've been meaning to watch it. I know that it's. It's. It is causing a lot of stir right now. So I'm gonna. Uh, a lot of his fans are coming to his defense still, well, which I find weird because it's. He's been dead for like ten years now. Michael Jackson's got a troll army online, not unlike Donald Trump. Mm. It's. It's kind of a similar thing. And the Jackson family themselves posted a, a Michael Jackson live music video at the same time the documentary was aired. Do you know about that? No. Trying to get people to watch that instead. Jeez. And they encourage people to use the hashtag for the show to kind of flood it with. Uh, Pro Michael comments, right? Okay. Exactly. So, mm. so you know, it's all of that stuff. 
Like we haven't had enough of that in recent time. No kidding. But uh, you know, you you watch the you, the documentary begs to be seen. And as I was watching it, I thought I think it premiered at Sundance Film Festival. It did, yeah. And I thought maybe this is an early uh, potential Oscar do- Oscar yep. nomination yep. for best documentary. Space maybe I, I, I once again, what are the qualifications? I'm not <laughs> we'll sure. Figure that out. Does that just have to be at Sundance? I don't know. All right. But anyway, uh, you know, I, I highly recommend it. There you go. All right. Well, that's gonna do it for this episode of the Media Nerds. I'm Dan Vatabonker. I'm Kenton Larson. Don't let the door hit you on the ass.